You can also email the show, S-P-R-T-Z-B-I-Z-N-E-S-S at gmail.com. You can find me on Instagram at Money Compton. And yeah, man, we got a lot to talk to, uh, talk about, I should say. Um, it's been a chaotic, to say the least, uh, last few weeks or so. Um, not only in my life, but also in the world itself. I mean, we got people in Louisiana, um, keeping my prayers out to everybody there after they just had a huge hurricane, Hurricane Ida. So I hope everyone um, was able to seek shelter. And if not, I definitely my thoughts and prayers go out to you. Um, and we'll, you know, we, we, we got y'all um, and we, we'll definitely keep you all in our prayers. And, you know, the, the, the worst is yet to come. And we hope that better days are coming for the people in the, in the state of Louisiana. Um, to my beautiful fiance, who we just found out ended up having to deploy. Um, so, you know, you stay safe out there. You keep your head down low um, and hurry the hell up and come home because, you know, life, life without you is not really life without you. So, um, you know, definitely praying for you and your your friends to your left and to your right. Um, I hope that the mission is going safe and sound and we can't wait for you to come back as well as all of our troops. And being, a, you know, being a veteran, you know, you, you get to, you get the liberty and justice to be able to go on these deployments. But, you know, it's not always a shoe and fit that you're going to come back home with 10 fingers and 10 toes and, and your beautiful face. And this last week, you know, we ended up losing, um, unfortunately, 13 service members um, to a suicide or to a, to a car bomb um, right outside of the Kabul airport. So um, my thoughts and prayers also go out to the 13 service members that, um, ended up paying for the ultimate sacrifice and you know at the end of the day that's what we um we enlist for us to protect their freedom of this nation and they ended up paying for the ultimate sacrifice and you know my i can't my my heart still hurts of you know what ended up happening and how it came down to um you know them losing their lives so um it's never easy <clears throat> to see somebody to see so many service members in it I think five out of the 13 weren't even the age of 21 yet. So it's just even more of a gut wrench um, when you see the names and the ages and things like that, that they were just getting started with their lives, not only just their military career, but their lives alone. So um, my heart goes out to them. You know, this this whole Afghanistan situation has been a sticky situation. And, you know, with everything finally coming to a to a screeching halt. Um, I hope that we can kind of finally put an end to that chapter and begin a new chapter. And, um, you know, hopefully these deployments will start dwindling down a little bit more, um, being the fact that theoretically there are no more combat missions. And hopefully they were just, we are now as a nation just doing humanitarian missions. Um, but yeah, so that's that's some of the admin work that we're getting out of the way uh, beforehand before we start talking into this good old sports business stuff that we got on tap. Um, I definitely got some grievances to air out this morning or this this afternoon. And the first one is, can we stop paying attention to the to the Paul brothers, Logan Paul, Jake Paul, Jake from State Farm, uh, Logan the Wolverine, Logan, uh, Lo- Lo- Logan's the the Steakhouse, um, Logan and Paul. I, I don't know, like Jake the Snake Roberts. I, I don't know who these guys are. Um, I, I was at a family function yesterday, and and somebody just out of spite ordered the pay-per-view and I was just like bruh why save your money like why are we watching this um yeah so apparently let me get this right right Jake Paul who's I guess the one that knocked out Nate Robinson to the point where Nate Robinson is no longer allowed to come to the barbecues 
um, apparently beat Tyron Woodley, who Tyron Woodley has already been, he's already lost his card. He already lost to Kobe Covington, who Mr. MAGA over here, uh, you know, beat the living brakes off of him his last fight. So uh, Tyron Woodley, you, you was never invited back to the barbecue after that. Like you had the whole entire race uh, depending on you. You couldn't even like touch this guy. So you can't come to you. You was damn sure not invited back to the barbecue and you solidified yourself again yesterday um, when you had this clown on the ropes. So here's the thing about this, this Paul, these Paul fools. One, nobody knows how they got famous. All I know is they got like 15 or 15 to 20, 15 to 20 million followers on YouTube. All right, cool. Whatever. What they do on YouTube, I don't know because I don't care. But for some reason, they've become a phenomenon where one of them ended up fighting Floyd Mayweather, um, which in my, in my honest opinion, I think Floyd Mayweather lost that match because you are a actual boxer. You should have took that dude out within the first two rounds. Like, there's no reason why this guy was hanging with you for however many rounds that it was. Now onto this Jake Paul cat. Um, apparently, this was a legitimate boxing match. It was sanctioned where they had to get their licenses and stuff like that in Cleveland. Um, by the way, who goes on vacation to Cleveland, Ohio? Like, ugh, yuck. Um, why would they have that there? Because outside of the fact that the Paul brothers are from Cleveland, I guess. Cool, but all right. Um, the, the arena, the event that they had it in is where the home of the Cleveland Cavaliers were. I'm pretty sure the capacity of last night's fight was probably, uh, combined. we had more people combined since the Cleveland Cavaliers were reveling back in 2018. So, um, that's neither here or there, but the Paul brothers, why are we paying so much attention? I mean, I mean, I'm talking about my social media was lit up where they were talking about, oh, this is the worst fight that we've seen. All oh, these dudes can't fight. Blasey, blasey, blah. Okay, cool. But the question is, why are we vested so much into it? Like, why, why are y'all, why, why do we care so much about these clowns? Because what we did last night is what they're asking for. Like, they got paid. Um, I'm pretty sure. I don't know what the pay per view buys buys were, but I'm pretty sure they got they, they copped it. And for the people that say, well, I just stream it. Okay, you you didn't pay for it, but you're also investing your time into it. So that's even worse than actually paying for it because now you you searching for something that you ain't got no business, that you have zero interest to even give a dime to, and you still want to see what's happening, but you want to say, oh, well, I'm not going to give a dime to that, but you're giving your time, and time is something that I'm learning as I get older that you can't get back. Um, had it been me, I didn't have no intentions on watching the fight. I didn't care. Um, I just happened to be at a barbecue, and somebody was like, yo, I'm ordering the fight. I was there, so it is what it is, but I mean, you know, I asked, I asked the boxing aficionado over the week, and I said, with these random weirdo celebrity Paul Brothers like exhibitions, is this a good mark on boxing? And I spoke to a lot of different boxing experts on this, and the short answer is no. Um, boxing is already low-key a dying sport as it is because of the too many, there's too many promotions, there's too many weight divisions, there's too many different boxing federations where the best won't fight the best because the promoters are trying to protect their their top-tier fighters and whatnot. And I get that to a certain extent. Um, and if you look at the actual whole card of a boxing match, nine times out of 10, they're not even really good cards. You're only really waiting around to watch the main event. Um, one thing I can say about MMA as well as, um, yeah, MMA in general is that their card from start to finish is usually a, a card where you would want to watch it from start to finish. A majority of these, these boxing matches, people don't show up to the main event. And, and, and rightfully so. I mean, these cards, like last night's undercard. Okay, if you want to bring new fans into it, you should have stacked this card into it as, as much as you could. But you had 
um, I guess Tyson Fury's brother or cousin who's supposed to be a model out in, in, in England. Um, he looked like dude who on a stick. He couldn't fight for, he couldn't fight, a, uh, he barely beat an MMA dude who had no boxing experience. So I say the same at least that these Paul boys aren't really bringing anything to the sport. And, and for a sport that's literally dying, they're not, they're, this is not a, ben, this is not a beneficial event. And, and, and the sooner that boxing um, gets a, a better grip on this and, and starts waking up and saying, hey, um, we don't want, you know, we don't want to be associated with y'all, then maybe, you know, people will stop tuning in. Now, as far as this Jake Paul from State Farm or Jake the Snake Roberts or Jake Plummer, this cat, um, this is his fourth fight, I believe, and he hasn't fought a legitimate boxer. He fought Nate Robinson. Nate Robinson's my height, like 5'8", three-time NBA dunk champion. Um, not a lick of boxing experience besides him probably slap boxing in the, in, the, in, the, in whatever locker room for the New York Knickerbockers he, that he was on, okay? Um, he fights Ben Askren, who I believe was a, an Olympic medalist in either Taekwondo or wrestling or something like that. So he probably has never even thrown a punch um, inside the octagon. Knocks him out in about 10 to 15 seconds. All right, cool, whatever. Um, and then he fights Tyron Woodley, who legitimately just lost four out of his last fights in the UFC to the point where the UFC did not even want to renegotiate his contract because he looked so bad. Granted, Tyron Woodley is a All-American national champion wrestler, not a boxer, a wrestler. So while Jake Paul is getting all of the praise, he ain't getting none for me because you're stepping into a boxing ring boxing former NBA players, former wrestlers, and former Taekwondo aficionados. If you really want to get people's attention and you really want to be about that action, fight a legitimate boxer. I promise you, you're going to get taken out real quick. Uh, Or fight a legitimate MMA striker. One, i.e. one of the Diaz boys, hell, even a Conor McGregor. Um, but fight somebody who actually has some, some hands. Hell, I wouldn't even mind seeing you fight against Anderson Silva at this point. But, but for us to be like, for me to be even talking about this ridiculousness on my podcast just shows how much of a, uh, money grab this fool is. And and I'm just annoyed by it because there's so many different boxers that are putting in the work, the up and coming people that, that they're not going to be able to get their time to shine because no one everyone's tied into the Paul boys and it's just unfairness it's just super shady um and from what I saw last night both of them fighters looked terrible it was it was just tiring and it was just all bad so um I really hope I ain't gotta talk about it but I feel like I'm about to talk about it before the end of the year about these clowns again but you know I'm tired of these Paul boys um hell I'd rather see Cliff Paul from State Farm fight before I see fight have him fight against Pat Beverly um, yeah, get Pat Beverly in the ring. I'm pretty sure he would do a better job than what Tyron Woodley did yes, last night. So, um, yeah, so there, there, there's my take on the stupid Paul stuff. I didn't even really go on social media because I was just disgusted off of what I saw. Um, and so that's all I'm going to talk about. I'm not bringing it up on my social media. So don't don't ask me. You can email me. Um, you know, maybe um, I'll give you my take um, aside of that. But outside of that, this is all I'm address it. We're going to leave it at that. And we're going to talk about the Oakland up. I'm still talking about it. the Oakland Raiders. I'm still going to keep calling them the Oakland Raiders because that's my hometown team. But it's the Las Vegas Raiders. And the Las Vegas Raiders yesterday looked atrocious. Um, granted, they played the San Francisco 49ers, which used to be a, well, still is a huge rivalry game. Um, the Battle of the Bay. But, you know, Oakland has now moved out here to where I reside here in Las Vegas. Um, 
Yeah, so, you know, they got beat up on pretty bad yesterday um, against the San Francisco 49ers. And I, I'm not going to lie, I think this is a prequel. Granted, the Oakland, uh, the Las Vegas Raiders' defense yesterday was, I believe, their third to fourth stringers that played against some of the 49ers' first to second stringers. Okay, cool. Um, and I, I, that's fine and dandy, but even in a preseason game, you got to show some form of effort yesterday. You losing 34 to 10 is just not a good look. And I know they got a new uh, defensive coordinator. I believe it's Gus Bradley, um, who's supposed to be a defensive-minded coach, who's really good with cover threes and things like that. Um, I'm going to be honest with y'all. And, and, you know, you could take with a grain of salt, but I'm scared of what the Raiders are going to look like on defense. Like, I don't think they got any better. They're hurting at the linebacking core. Like, they they got a couple of players already on IR. They're making trades um, right before the start of the season just to even have a linebacking crew. Um the pass rush has always been sketchy, but they ended up getting a couple of pass rushers with Jared McCoy um, and Gaku, from, who used to play for the Ravens, who ended up going to the Minnesota Vikings for a little while, um, an all-pro pass rusher. Um, so they got a little bit of help up front with the front four. The linebacking crew, they're, they're, it's bare bones right now. And the secondary, my God, the secondary is just, I mean, I, what are you going to do with them? Um you know, you got uh, Dame Arnett, who who seems to can who can't stay healthy. You got Jonathan Abram, who who only knows how to hit the hit stick on Madden, who can't cover what the damn. You got Carl Joseph, who was the exact same thing as uh, Jonathan Abram. I don't know why they brought him back, but they are literally the same player who all they can do is just lay down a hit stick, but cannot cover what the damn. Um, you got Neville Lawson, who's going to be on the other side on the corner as a corner. Um, like I said, Arnett, who they Arnett, the former Ohio State cornerback, who they trade or who they drafted in the first round, um, he looks very, very suspect. So the secondary might be probably the worst secondary in the National Football League. It's 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 not even a no brainer in my opinion. Um, they they're just trash. And from what I saw yesterday, the way the 49ers were able to carve them up because the majority of the secondary are starters. Outside of Jonathan Abram, I think pretty much the whole starting crew for the second the Raiders secondary play, and they look terrible. They look bad. They they look bad. So, um, my my hopes for the Raiders this year is that you know they went eight and eight, I believe, last season. Um, I don't think they're going to be a a, a five hundred team. Um, there's a lot of hope. Um, their wide receiving crew is not. I, <laughs> Letting go of Nelson Aguilar wasn't a good idea. I know they got Darren Waller, who's probably a top three tight end outside of Travis Kelsey and George Kittle. Um, so you got that going for you. But you got Derek Carr, who led the league in fumbles last year, um, you know, who's a run a one-read quarterback. So he's only going to look for his first primary target. And when his primary target is not open, he seems to panic very, very, very quickly, whether that's making costly mistakes, throwing it, uh, you know, throwing it away, taking a sack. Um it's 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 gonna be bad i think john brown who i mean he's a good he can he can stretch the field a little bit um but as far as route running i don't i don't eh, whatever Uh, i don't i don't see how that's a beneficial um especially when nelson aguilar almost gave you a thousand yards and i believe six or seven touchdowns um you know you also got henry ruggs the third who at the end of the day he was the first wide receiver taken in last year's draft who really hasn't provided showing me anything he hasn't shown me nothing at all so um we'll see what ends up happening with that um you also have will fuller i believe is on the team so this this receiving core is pretty pretty bad as well you got josh jacobs who's who's gonna give you a thousand yards 
Um, it's also going to be looking at the offensive line. How is the offensive line going to be able to rebound from last season where you don't have a Rodney Hudson, who's your center, who's your all-pro center no more? Um, you got Alex Leatherwood, um, who was somewhat of a, a, a surprise pick for the Raiders. Um, so, you know, this, this Raiders team, you know, you got the Kansas City Chiefs, who hands down um, is going to easily win the division. I think the AFC West is one of the more... Um, not top heavy teams in, in top heavy divisions in football. It's definitely not one of the toughest. So, you know, they might be able to sneak in. Um, but I, I look for the LA Chargers to have a better a better season than what they had with just just with Justin Herbert um, as a quarterback. Um, they got a new head coach there. Um, Denver might be better because now they got a quarterback who actually is about that life with Teddy Bridgewater. Um, so you know, Drew Locke can go sit down somewhere. Um, hopefully Jerry Judy can bounce back and have a, you know, he can have a better second season um, now that he has an actual quarterback. Because I think there was a game last season where they had like a wide receiver that was out there as the quarterback just because of all the COVID restrictions. So, um, yeah, looking at the Raiders, and I watched it. That was yesterday. It was pro- I've watched a majority of the Raiders, Raiders preseason games. But um, the first two games were somewhat of a, a facade. But um, this last game right here, it just did not look good to me. Um, it, it didn't look good, and the, the, I, this defense is going to have a lot of answers, and they got a tough one coming up on week one on the Monday nighter when they're playing against Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. Granted, J.K. Dobbins is now out. Uh, the running back for the Ravens is out, torn ACL, so um, that's a little bit, you know, hopefully for a speedy recovery for him. But for the Raiders, they got, they're on primetime TV. They're going to have to get it together, and it's the grand opening for Legion Stadium. Um, so they're going to have, they're, they're going to have their hands full immediately. Uh, I don't, there's not too many corners for them to cut this season. And I know Mark Davis is, is super duper loyal to John Gruden, but anybody who's looking at this whole regime between Mike Mayock and John Gruden, they got to start putting the hot, they got to get on the hot seat because you're moving into a new, officially you're moving into a new city. You're moving into a new stadium. And you can't keep producing, and especially in a city where you have the Vegas Golden Knights, where since existence, they've been a championship contending team in the city of Las Vegas. So the city, they, they, they want winners. You know, they, they, want, they want to see their teams thrive. Um, <clears throat> so with the Raiders coming in with this uh, nine and eight or eight and nine type of jive, that's probably going to happen this season. It ain't going to last too long. These, these people ain't going to be coming, coming, to, coming to Allegiant Stadium. Um, he he ha ha they they want they want they want to see winners and I don't know if the Raiders are going to be able to prove that this year um, I hope so I hope they are because I am a diehard Raider fan but I'm also a realistic Raider fan and my my journalism cap on right now I'm thinking they're only going to be eight and nine or nine and eight I can't see them um, having a good season, um, I'm, I'm hoping that they do, but I, I don't see I don't see the wins. I don't I don't see enough talent. I don't see enough in the wide receiving core, and I don't see enough in the secondary for me to have my hopes up high. Now, whatever happens, it's going to be on house money, so we'll see. But that's my take. Um, you know the, uh, the 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 New England Patriots quarterback situation. That's that's been very very interesting. Um, I think Cam Newton should get the starting nod. I think I'm expecting him to get the starting nod over Mac Jones. But Mac Jones, when he's gotten in, he's he's played really good and he's looked very cerebral, um, very methodical with how he's driving the ball down the field. So, um, but I think it's it's Cam's job to lose. Let Cam start out, and I know that they drafted Mac Jones, I believe, 15th overall. So I know that they're expecting him to play soon. 
but let Cam get let Cam take this take a couple of snaps um, and, and see how that goes. Um, they definitely have um, some offensive weapons again this season, so um, I expect Cam to be the starting quarterback. Um, the 49ers, now that's an interesting quarterback. Um, Carousel, they they went with this whole one-two punch where they kind of used Trey Lance as like the Taysom Hill package out of the New Orleans Saints where he came in on a couple of plays. They brought they brought OnlyFans Jimmy Garoppolo um, and they kind of switched, you know, they kind of switched off and it kind of reminded me of the whole Michael Vick, Donovan McNabb uh, uh, scenario that they had with the Philadelphia Eagles almost 10 years or so ago, probably more than 10 years ago. So I don't know if you can have a two-system quarterback in the NFL, like two quarterbacks split in time at the with, with starters. Um, you know, Kyle Shanahan is an offensive guru. Um, if anybody can pull it off, it is him. But I don't know how you I, I don't know how you're able to do that. Um, but from what I've seen with Trey Lance, who probably was the outside of Zach uh, the kid from the New York Jets, outside of him, I thought they were the most the most greenest quarterbacks. And so far from what I've seen with uh Trey Lance, this dude's this dude's a he got he he's nice. Um I'm I like what he got, I like what he brings to the table. Um, it's definitely more of a change of pace. And, he, you know, like I say all the time, that your best ability is availability. And the thing about OnlyFans Jimmy is that he ain't available half the time. He's always hurt. Um, and you got a guy like Trey Lance who looks like he's durable. He can he can he can take the hits. Um, he's a dual threat quarterback. I think that that's, you know, if the 49ers want to win now and you giving up all of that stuff to, to get Trey Lance, giving up the farm and that trade to move up in the draft. You got to start that kid now. Um, you did it with Colin Kaepernick a few years ago when Alex Smith was on his way out the door. So why not give Trey Lance the keys? Cause he looks like he knows what he's doing. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I just don't know if the two quarterback system in the NFL is going to work. Um, but we'll see. Um, we'll, we'll see how that goes out for them. But, uh, yeah, the, the Raiders it's, it's, ugh, I don't know. Uh, but I will say that I'm looking forward to football being back. Um, we've got about a week from Thursday is when the Cowboys play the Buccaneers. Uh, I'm very, very looking forward to that. And we'll, 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 we'll keep it posted. We, we're going, we're going to be, we're going, we're going to have a longer, the longest season with 17 games. That's going to be really, really good to see how they, how the scheduling and how players are adapted to that. That's going to be very, very interesting. Um, so I'm excited for football. Football is officially back. We got college football that started off last weekend, but it really kicks off this weekend with some some big games. Um, but in, in random thought, like, why the hell is Notre Dame ranked number nine? Like, can what, what what's wrong with the with the Associated Press and USA Today and ESPN? Like, they suck. Stop putting them up there. Like, I, I get that they're a money grab, but don't nobody care about no Notre Dame. Like, this ain't 1985 no more. Nobody cares. They they're terrible. And every time they play against a legitimate team, they don't they don't lose by like a field goal. Like they lose within the first seven minutes of the first quarter. Like that's how bad they lose. So, I mean, so Notre Dame will probably take up a space in the college football playoff again this year. Hopefully that's not the case. But apparently if they win 11 to 12 games a season, they're an automatic lock in the college football playoff. That is a terrible, 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 terrible rule. But I don't make the rules. I just look at them. So. I um, hope everybody's been able to enjoy the show where it's available on all platforms. Um, you know, we got to end the day with the sports business podcast dummy of the day. I got two actually. And I, I just thought about it while I was talking about it on the show. Um, I'm going to give my first two. Well, I got two today. And, and while I was talking about a previous subject, I had a terrible experience 
uh, at Allegiant Stadium. Went to WWE SummerSlam last Saturday. Went out um, with my family members. We had a good time for the most part. But Allegiant Stadium, they all got to get the dummy of the day. What the hell y'all doing, man? Um, There's a lot of holes in their cheese with Allegiant Stadium from as far as parking goes. Um, there's not a lot of parking spots. The logistics of where that stadium is is a terrible location because everyone thinks that just because it's in the shadows of the strip, that it's a, it's a very, very close. It's close to the strip. It is not close to the strip. The nearest hotel is Mandalay Bay, and that's over a mile away. And you have to go walk over overpass. So a mile away in 110 degree weather and you got to foot it. It's not a good idea. Um, there's limited parking, so you're paying at a minimum $100 just to park at the stadium. And that's at a WWE event, so I can only imagine what it's going to be at a football game. Probably a buck fifty to two, and there's very, very limited parking. But Allegiant Stadium, the reason why I'm giving Allegiant Stadium the dummy of the day is because I attended SummerSlam. <clears throat> we get there. Um, the event started at 4.30. I got there about 3.45-ish, got to our seats. I decided to get a drink as I was going to my seat. Cash register. It's a cat. It's a cashless system. It's a cashless stadium system. Therefore, if you have any cash, they will not accept any cash unless it's for a tip. So, if you have cash, they have kiosks where you have to convert that into like a debit card, and then you put your you put your money into the kiosk. They give you a card, and you walk around with this card, and that's how you use. That's your form of payment if you do not have a credit card at the establishment. So, I walk back, sit in my seat, and I'm ready to. I go get a hot dog. It's about 4.15-ish now. So get a hot dog. Get my hot dog, sit down. And, and the show's starting in. There's about an inter, there's an intermission in between. And so I was like, okay, well, I'm going to go get some peanuts before the before the show actually starts. Apparently, the systems that accepts the, the, frame, the form of payment had crashed around 5.30 p.m. local time. And nobody could buy any type of refreshments, beverages, alcohol, anything. And some people were told if they want to even just water, some of the guest relations were referring the Patreon, the patrons to go to the bathroom to get the water. At least it's me. I'll get the dummy of the day. First of all, we're in 2021. Like, how do you all not accept cash? I mean, I get it that it's a COVID and this and that, but there had to be a contingency plan where if systems were to go down, this is the backup plan. And you mean to tell me that? And, and think about it. The WWE pays the city you know, to host SummerSlam. Allegiant Stadium's banking on concession sales to, you know, make a profit off of, you know, housing the WWE. Didn't happen. Didn't happen at all. So I'm pretty sure they lost hundreds of thousands of dollars by not being able to accept cash. Which leads me to number two. Certain kiosks were only allowing, were giving out free drinks and free hot dogs, but not all of them were. So where I was sitting at, they didn't give away free stuff. So... At the end of the day, not only did they not make money, they probably even lost even more money because they weren't even giving anything away. So there was a, probably a whole bunch of food that they had to waste. So Allegiant Stadium, you definitely get the dummy of the day. Um, the Raiders are coming, and the, the first game is next next Monday, or two Mondays from now. So you better to get it together, and I hope there's a contingency plan because that is bad juju, and I think what you don't want is a whole bunch of sober fans who can't even get some alcohol at these games, so... Um, that's the first dummy of the day. Second dummy of the day. And I know we don't really talk a lot, a lot of baseball here on this podcast, but I read this article. I saw it last night and I, it made me, it's, it's one of those articles that make you go, Hmm. So I read it and I read it again this morning and 
kind of saw the reactions and and, and kind of let it marinate. And it's the New York Mets, Mets, I should say. And apparently, the New York Mets are getting a lot of backlash because they're they're basically a few weeks ago. The owner called out the Mets and were saying that this is a terrible product, that this they should be they should be getting more hits. Um, they should be able to produce more on with with their bats. The Mets fans were booing them, and if anybody knows New York, it's one of the more ruckus crowds in, in, in all of the nation. Apparently, the New York Mets fans were agreeing with the owner. Okay, and that's fair. If you you're you're if you're seeing your team not producing well, you know it's not you know they're booing them. Okay, I understand that. You, you want to see your team win, and they're not winning. Cool. Apparently, the Mets wanted to play this. Re- the players on the New York Mets wanted to play a reverse Jedi mind trick, leading with all-star second baseman Javi Baez, um, where now they're taking things in their own hands. Wherever they produce a hit or a run, they look at the fans and start putting their thumbs down, and they're booing back at the fans. What are y'all doing, man? What What is wrong with y'all? What is wrong with the Mets players? And then it's gotten into a turmoil where the Mets owner has had to even come out and, and say something again about it as well. And Javi Baez says something about they're not machines. Um, you know, they're, 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 they're humans too. And they don't like to see their self struggles and this and that. Um, but, uh, here's the thing. You play better. You don't, you don't want to see your fans boo. You play better. Why are you salty? And Javi Baez, you just got to New York like 48 hours ago. You just got traded there. What are you talking about? What is wrong with you? Um, so the New York Mets, the team, the players, y'all are the dummies of the day because you're getting mad at your fans for booing y'all because y'all are stinking up the field. Not to mention y'all was in first place for a majority of the season. Y'all take this dwindle, y'all go into this huge slump where now it's looking like one of the more epic failures in all of baseball in recent memory. So you're getting mad because y'all ain't producing, but at the end of the day, like Janet Jackson says, what have you done for me lately? You ain't did nothing. And you want to get mad at the fans because they're booing you. I don't get y'all. Y'all like you super sensitive about that. Play better. Win games. And then you won't worry about fans booing you. But to turn around and look at fans and start putting your thumbs down, that's extremely childish and extremely unprofessional, man. So, um, yeah. So, the New York Mets, y'all get the dummy of the day. So, that is my two sports business podcast dummy of the day. I hope y'all enjoyed this podcast. Once again, my name is Eric Compton, a.k.a. Mr. Town Business. The show is available on all platforms. Uh, feel free to email the show. Feel free to find us on Twitterverse. Feel free to follow me on Instagram. We're going to run this back next week. Again, to all my soldiers, Marine Corpsmen, sea, uh, sailors, airmen, um, Marines, stay safe, stay home, stay, stay, uh, stay hungry, come home safely, and we'll run it back next week. Y'all be easy.